This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside, but not bringing back... Three points. It appears. Michael, what's happened? Oh, mate, it just feels flat, doesn't it? <laughs> we've we've uh, very flat. Yeah, and I think everyone is feeling the same. I mean, there's there's such variety of comments on online, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, we, we we've come back from a very comfortable win versus Huddersfield, thinking the world's all better again, and we should have known better. You know, this is Stoke. This is good old charity turning up again and just thinking we've turned a corner and unfortunately we just quite haven't again the word consistency comes up um you know it's just just everything was against us but in in the opposite way so like they hadn't beaten us since the 60s i think you mentioned on the last pod 64 was it 64? I mean, we never looked like we were going to have any issues going into this. We've just come off the back of a 3-0 win. It's just everything we know about Stoke City to go and cock it up, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Flat is probably the best word I can give you, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I remember the, the last podcast, obviously, you were saying, yeah, we've got a great opportunity. Imagine if we beat, beat Blackpool, we can go beat Swansea, we can beat Millwall. Then, then just think, you know, then we really would be dreaming of the playoffs. And I remember tongue in cheek saying to you, or oh, we could end up being here Saturday night going, how have we just lost that game to Blackpool? Oh, I know. We should, we should have that audio ready to go, uh, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, I got mom. Uh, how are you anyway? Let's, let's change, change tact slightly before we start. How are you, mate? Uh, yeah, other than that, no, I'm, I'm really good. Uh, healthy family's good he's got that new hogwarts legacy game my little boy has um his granddad brought him that today so he's i haven't seen him all day to be honest he's he's, <laughs> he's, he's literally been up there since about three o'clock this afternoon so he's still there now so uh yeah it's been been a good day mate how about you uh, not too bad i'm currently perched on the stairs <laughs> recording this because um, yeah it's the only quiet place in the house um so yes, I'm currently sat sat on the bottom of my stairs, got my notes on one, with a laptop on the other. Well, I have said, mate, this is away. the problem of uh, having the Von Trapp family in terms of the you know the amount the amount of children you've got. So it's your own fault. It you is, didn't think uh, you didn't think all these years ago, did you? Uh, when, no. when you were the missus thinking, I need to do a podcast in X amount of years. <laughs> well, you'll learn. <laughs> well, I've got. I'm I'm looking forward because I've got. Uh, I've got Nine nine days off wait now, so happy days. Oh, that was a dream. Aye. Um, right, let's get into this trip. So three and a half thousand Stoke fans have gone to the Potter's second home. Everyone from Stoke Content loves Blackpool. We've gone there. I've seen about my social media was flooded with pictures of people dressing dining rooms in hotels of Stoke flags and all sorts on on Friday. Um, people was there for a good good weekend, and the results, if, if not the performance, but maybe the results definitely has put a spanner in the works for a few people. I think uh, there'll be a, a 
by the spoons in Blackpool will be having a few extra <laughs> a few extra pints ordered tonight in sorrow. Yeah, I must admit though, we know from experience going to Blackpool in the winter is not a very pretty place to be. Um, doesn't matter what lights are on, and we we say we did it in November, and it was dark. We said this on the last part: it's dark, yeah. it's dingy, it's nothing open, and depressing place to be uh, in in winter. And y- you're right. I mean, I think they've they've seen us probably have more possession than we've probably had in donkey's ages. I mean, I, I don't know how long. I'd have to look at the stats, but yeah, I mean, from from the game, we had you know loads of possession. We had chances, uh, and not for the first time, we don't know how to bloody finish them. Um, Gale, I have to say, is a bit of a shadow of himself, well, his former self, rather. Um, you know, we'll get some audio from Johnny later, which says this, but as an individual, he had, he had an off game, but kind of predating this, yes, he wasn't spanning the, the net at all. He wasn't getting close at times, um, unless you count his backside as close. But he was at least influencing the game. I don't think he did that today. And People saying we maybe should have got low on sooner. That's open to opinion, obviously, but it's a, it's a shame we haven't got Gale of, of you know yesteryear because he probably would have been great. I, I must admit, actually, I started just before this call. I started you know listening to the the post match interviews. And I don't know if, have you have you heard them yet? I've seen the quotes. Seen the quotes, yeah. So, but yeah, they're basically just saying Jags and and Alex both said, you know, they kept referring to teams um, down there and wanting to hold on wins. And now I don't know if this is me reading too much into it, but when you use the team, the term, you know, teams down there want to hold on to the points. Can somebody just tell them that we are one of them teams down there? Because they keep talking as if we're halfway up the division or in the top ten. We are we're ex- almost exactly where they are, bar you know a few points in a couple of places. Like they they need to. I'm sure they know, and it's probably just me reading too much into it. Like I said, but someone needs to remind them that we are in a very difficult situation. And while yes, on the last pod we talked about you know we should have enough to be safe. I'll be honest, again, we'll get into it in a bit, but the next seven or eight games, it would not be unheard of not to win a single one of them. And we'll tell you what they are shortly. But um, yeah, like I said, mate, I don't want to be completely down and moody and and, and depressed. I've got to call it as I see it right now in terms of the individual game. Um, I don't know what you thought about it, but that's my take on it. Um, I mean, look at the table here, this... Obviously, the bottom three are all on 31 from 32 games. Then we've got Rotherham on 33, uh, Cardiff on 35, but we've played a game more. And then, obviously, we are on 37. Above which, you've got Birmingham on 38, QBR on 39, Reading 41, Bristol City 41. How far up do you think that goes? Who, who's the top end? Do you think Bristol City and Reading on 41? They're 10 points clear. Are they... Um... I mean, who knows in this division? I, I would say, you know what? Actually, mm, no. I, I'm, I'm. Christ, this is tricky. I think QPR I, yeah. are in trouble. Thirty-nine from thirty-three. Bearing in mind, yeah. in November they were top of the league. And well, they were never going to stay there, though, were they? No, but Michael Beale was. There was interest from Wolves, wasn't it, at the time? And he sort of pledged his future to QPR. And then they went and lost the last next five games, and then he went, okay, I'm I'm off to Rangers because you guys obviously <laughs> aren't performing anymore. Um, but yeah, since he said he was staying in November, I think it was before October possibly. I, I barely said they picked up many points at all, and like I said, they fell from like first. And if they carry on the way they're going, I mean, they've got one point from the last five games. They've got five from the last ten. They repeat that form again. They are in trouble. Eight points from the last fifteen. There you go. Eight points from the last fifteen games, and they've got thirteen games left. QPR have. So, mm-hmm. if they get, you know, if they do that again. What pick up? What seven points? You reckon? Forty-six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe well... I mean, points-wise, you could say anyone from 12th downwards really is in trouble. But I, I think, yeah, let's let's be realistic. I think it probably is 17th downwards, um, and obviously we are very much in that. And that's that's what we keep we keep looking at this table and thinking, oh, great, couple of wins, and all of a sudden you're looking up instead of down. And uh, I was going to say, the, the you people, can't get a couple of wins. This is the problem. We can't string two wins together. 
No, the beauty of QPR, Birmingham, Stoke is there's a six, seven, and eight point cushion, and if you get a couple of wins, and that all of a sudden becomes a ten to fourteen pointed gap, then you you're free then, aren't you? You've gone. Um, yeah. Whereas I think Cardiff, Rotherham, and then obviously the three that are in the relegation zone, they are probably stuck there for probably for the for the majority of this running now, aren't they? Well. Um, mate- Huddersfield, obviously they won today. Um, as, as did Blackpool. <laughs> yeah, as did Blackpool. So we as know we say all this yesterday. We say they're stuck down there. Both both of them get one win or you know to the next game, and they're out the relegation zone. So I wouldn't say they're stuck down there at all. And I, I'm not going to go into you know individual games in in terms of who they've got. Uh, we should not be having to worry about what other teams have got. But the fact is, we've got to. And I mean, do you, do you want me to just do you want me to highlight the next? Um, Six games, six or seven games for you. For Stoke, yeah. Do you want me to just highlight them? Because I put this on on Twitter, and I've asked a lot of people, um, you know, what they thought uh, in terms of how many points. So, so our next seven league games. So let, let me ask you as well in a minute how many points you think we'll get out of this because. The next seven, Swansea away, Millwall at home, Sunderland away, Blackburn at home, Middlesbrough away, Norwich at home, Coventry away. So Swansea we know isn't going to be easy. They've, you know, they're have they having a great time, but they're not doing too bad. I think they're in like 11th or something. Millwall are in the playoffs. I think Sunderland are in the playoffs, if I remember rightly. Blackburn have got this horrible knack of, well, they either win or they lose, and we know that Stoke <laughs> are struggling to win, so we could say we lost. Middlesbrough is a definite defeat. I mean, they can't stop winning. Norwich is again not easy, and Coventry are going for the playoffs. This is what I'm saying: like that, we are definitely, by no stretch of the imagination, safe right now. We could easily lose every single one of them games, and I'm sure we'll sneak something somewhere, whether that's a point here, a point there, or whether we win. But I asked everybody, you know, how many points do you think we're going to get? Dove Valley Potter seven maximum. Um, is Clive Bickley depressed after the result today? Even more so now after seeing that series of fixtures. Um, Jeremy Lee's exactly what I was thinking. This was meant to be our, our week. Three total winnable games to get us clear relegation dogfight. We've won one. I can't see more than one win and two draws out of that lot in the current form. We're in serious trouble. Uh, Dave Johnston, two wins, two draws, three losses. Uh, Lord Bradnop is great name. It's a zero uh, for him. John Sherrick says five. Um... There's so there are so many here. Four, um, four or five, five, eight, five, five, six, five. You know, and <laughs> it probably sounded like I was a robot then because I'm the amount of fives. But clearly, you know, there's no one who thinks we're going to get above four or five here. That is serious issues because we've got to then hope that Blackpool and you know Warnock, Huddersfield, and Co. don't find a way to get points, and the chances are they're going to. So. We're we're in trouble if we don't get something out of these next seven games. Okay, so if we get five, that puts us on forty-two, which means that for them to have quarters by then, then they need to be getting like eleven points from six, seven games. So that's like playoff slash automatic promotion kind of form. I mean, you'll probably get out of the relegation zone. Whether he's going to do that, I don't know, but. I added on eight. I tallying them up as you were going along then as you were reading the fixtures out. Um, you're forgetting one vital thing as well. This is Stoke City. <laughs> we, What have we done for a long time? We have we play better against the sides that should be beating us and we seem to get results doing at teams that where we should be winning, where we should be losing, sorry. Uh, and then the teams who we should easily put to the sword, Ball Huddersfield in midweek, uh, we make a dog's dinner of it and really struggle. Um, so, yeah, hopefully these those teams that are sort of, you know, playing well and then doing what got coming up, go push on the front foot, keep the ball from us, because we know that we play better without the ball when we don't see much of it and we have we can counter-attack. So that is, that is the, that's, that's our strength by the you know, the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? And then the results that we've got so far this season. So we just love to sort of go against the grain, don't we? This to, this club it has done for years. Yeah, and, we, uh, we don't we don't like winning games. You're very good, mate. We go against the grain <laughs> quite a lot. Again, we win the games we shouldn't, and we lose the games we sh- we should win. So yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. So hopefully that we can continue that 
for the next six or seven weeks. <laughs> and I guess we've kind of slightly gone off tangent. Well, not, not off tangent. Yeah, We're covering I mean, Blackpool. But what, what did you actually think of the, of the I game? I was going to say, let's go back to the game here because uh, otherwise <laughs> we're going to be here forever, aren't we? Although yeah. people, people did have complaints that last week's pod was very short at 45 minutes. People weren't very happy with us, really, Mike. <laughs> well, we can't, we can't win. Either it's too... Well, not too... No one's ever said it's too long, but I, I always feel that an hour and a half for a podcast is a little bit long. Yeah. Um, but it's open to opinion, so fine. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, let's crack into it then. Let's get into Blackpool. Um, I will be honest, I saw the, the team come down and uh, my eyebrows nearly touched my, my hair. I was <laughs> that raised. Um, and then, obviously, there was a bit of an explanation around the fact that Tesgale picked up an injury. Then Pearson had a niggle. Um, Twanzebu was injured. And I thought, oh... Oh dear. <laughs> and then you look to the actual first team that was out of the pitch and thought, you know what, that's not bad. I prefer a more attacking threat at left back. No problem with the keeper. Centre back's been playing all right. Uh, Sterling's been playing well. Midfield maybe would have brought Baker in if Pearson wasn't there, just freshen it up a little bit. Um, and then obviously the front three they did all right in midweek. So that wasn't the issue, but the subs bench. I mean, Lewis Baker must have thought he was like, he was a school teacher or something. <laughs> Taking the kids <laughs> out for a warm-up. Um, I think he was, only, he was the only one, once him and Bonham were the only subs over 21. <laughs> yeah, Hoover's 21, Taylor's 21, and Abambo's 20, um, Lowe's 17, uh, who else was on there? Oh, Redding. Um, Kieran Redding's um, 19. <laughs> they thought, oh, it's like a advice. Yeah, it's a youth, youth club day out. Come on, let's go. <laughs> let's go warm up. Um, but yeah, so obviously we were down to the bare bones, weren't we? Let's be honest. Uh, Selena's still got tonsillitis as well, so he wasn't he wasn't available. You know, they they sort of started the first, and it was end to end, wasn't it? About the first five minutes. That goal, nothing the keeper could do about that. It's, it's, he's got it covered, massive deflection, and it's you know it's, it's one footed, but it's in the back of the net. And how often have we said the first goal in our games is it's, that's the key, and it's proved it yet again. If we'd have got the fit, you know, if that had ended up at the other end, if that had happened at the other end, and we got one 0 up, I think we could, we easily win that game. Um, I think it, now the dust has settled on it a bit. Emotions obviously run high when it comes to like the you know the end of games when we've lost and that. Um, but you know we've created we've had what twenty five shots, six with the keepers pulled off six saves, ten you know, we've had ten shots that their defenders have thrown themselves in front of and blocked and that might be what keeps them up. If they've got that kind of attitude and that kind of desire to block ten shots during the, in a game. That's the, that's the kind of thing that wins you three points, wins you enough points to keep you in the league. Um, so credit to Blackpool for that. But I think there's a lot of emotion when I say at the end. I mean, Josh Loren apparently took a bit of stick at the end, bang out of order in my opinion. Obviously, people are entitled to do what they want, but I really don't think he's he's not the issue. And you're probably, oh, picking, no. you're probably picking on the best player on the pitch for Stoke today. <laughs> I'll tell you now, Josh... Josh Loren never got this club relegated from the Premier League. Josh Loren has not been, we did not trouser 50, 60 grand a week and not be bothered about playing for the club. Josh yeah. Loren um, didn't go and waste did he, 50 million quid on, on, on rubbish that couldn't be bothered. And Josh Loren was not one of those players that were brought in with that 50 million quid that just pranced around with no heart or desire and couldn't be bothered. So. No. It's the same with Alex Neal. People having got Alex Neal and say, well, the issue is it's been crap for six years. Well, that's not Alex Neal's fault. It's not It's not Josh Lorenz's fault. It's not Lewis Baker's fault. It's not Tyrese Campbell's fault. It's not Will, Smobile, Will Smallbone's fault or Morgan Fox's fault. Them players are playing to the best of their ability. I don't think any of them players there go out there and, and don't try the best. I don't think any of them don't go out and do the best of their ability and work as hard as they can. They're just not as good as we've had in previous years. And now it's been taken out on people who probably go, go back in the changing room and think, what have I done? Jeez, you know, I, have I, did I well, do that bad? 
Was I that I think, bad? No, <laughs> I think I think the only reason that he's got it in the neck, to be honest with you, Dan, is, is just for the fact that he's actually gone over and tried to speak to the fans. I think it would have been right. any player. It could have been the goalkeeper. It could have been Ty- Christ, I hope it wasn't Tyrese. I mean, Jesus, something else to hit him over the head with. But either way, it could have been any one of those players. I'm sure if Nathan Lowe would have walked over there, he would have had some dog's abuse. Do you know what I mean? So it's it, it doesn't make a difference. He just went over, engaged with the fans. The fans were annoyed and angry. They were expecting to go down there and get three points and have a great performance, which, again, understandably to expect. Un, un, you, know, you can understand people expecting that, but yeah. um, that's all yeah. it was. It was nothing to do with Josh Loren. He was just the one who went, actually went over there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I, I completely get and understand the massive frustration that people have got and the need to sort of exhale that in some way. But I just think that... The the targets for that and the reasons for that are probably long gone from this club. They aren't here. Uh, We talk about frustrations, and uh, I know we want to probably move on a little bit, but I just want to read out some comments, um, if that's all right, because we uh, we had quite a lot through it. And again, I'm going to apologise to anyone I can't really cover off here because we had, I think it was 32 comments, and I'm not going to read out 32 comments. So thank you for everyone who did. They were all read, but I just can't read them out. So... um, no particular order. So we got Archie, so SCFC Archie. Uh, terrible results. We should have signed a target man and would have won today. For me, it shows how much we need Josh Tymon, Ben Pearson, maybe Nick Powell. Not not glass legs, I'm afraid, Archie. Uh, but Alex needs to sort it out <laughs> if he wants to stay in this job and keep us up. Uh, Liam Potts says this was largely pre-transfer window starting XI, which we know lacks quality. I'm sure we tried, but it feels like we wasted window. At least we can rely on small bones legs, though. <laughs> uh, James Cox says, uh, so toothless going forward, it's tragic. I'm embarrassed for some of these professionals and their first touches and passing. Got no pleasure from watching it anymore. Uh, we had Liam SCFC said, I doubt anybody thought four points from the last nine available would be a good return. Absolutely spot on, Liam. A lot of teams below us have mobilised and could go on a kind of run that we are totally incapable of. Grim times. And then the last three, we've got Sean Allen. So if he doesn't trust young players to come on, he may as well not name them on the bench. Pointless and clueless. John Oldfield, it's about time some hard choices were made over the team over the team five years on and still having players carried through matches. What's the point of young players in the team and not giving them a chance when the first team are not good enough? And the final one was Paul Nanji, uh, who said, uh, that's embarrassing. And that was kind of the theme, to be honest, Dan. There, was, there wasn't there was really many people kind of coming out and defending O'Neill. Uh, O'Neill? I hope he's back. Uh, defending Neil, uh, rather. They need to change these names. O'Neill and Neil still gets me even now. Um, so, yeah. Some quite um, harsh comments. Well, I'll say harsh, probably justifiable comments, I think, for how people were feeling. But I think you're spot on. It, this is a, com- a culmination of all these years of uh, of decline. And this is probably as low as we've been as a club since we got relegated, no doubt. Yeah. And I think people's worries and concerns um, is that we haven't hit rock bottom yet. So we're going to continue to sink. And I think that, that League One worry is right there, isn't it? Um, on the game itself, I thought Loren and Smallbone were probably the two players who deserve a bit of credit. I thought they played well in the midfield. Um, both sort of tried to push and drive us forward and probably created a lot a lot of the chances we had. One of the things we do do, though, we, well, I mean, we send cross over cross after cross after cross in, and we, we're not a big side. We haven't got big forwards. We haven't got big, strong, you know, tough, um, you know, you know, wide you know, centre forwards who can muscle a defender off the wall, even just you know, muscle them out of the way and get a header. We haven't got them kind of players. Um, the midfield again, you know, there's no big, strong, you know, big. Like you lumps in there, we you can get in the box. So it's like unless that ball, unless that delivery is perfect, we never we're not going to be winning many headers, are we? So we really, I think that's the, a big issue as well. Is that we're sending a lot of these crosses into the box, and we we we're probably giving the defenders 60, 40 balls in their favour, if if not more, every time. On a more positive note, because we do need another positive, I think. Was low. I think he only had five minutes, didn't he, towards the end? But for me, I actually was really impressed with how he performed and how he came on. He got involved. He was physical. 
and he, he sort of like he held the he can he protected the ball well, laid it off a couple of times, laid it off to Cambo right at the end. Um, he did bring the ball in on his chest. He he went and won the ball. He was there to a second ball as well, like a loose. Um, there was like a Blackpool defender had blocked blocked across, and he was first to the second ball. Uh, and I thought, yeah, actually, for a young kid coming in on his debut there, he has actually been quite lively. He's been lively. He's been getting involved. He's been, he's kept he kept it simple. He didn't do anything extraordinary. But for me, I fully thought, yeah, you know what. I'd be happy if you know if the ball went up again, 15, 20 minutes to go, and he came on. I think yeah, that that's that, that's not a concern. Well, I think that's the problem for some people though. It's not 15, 20 minutes before the end of the game. It's four, five, six minutes. No player, even a Peter Crouch, if you want, to, you know that name you brought up just on the tip of my tongue. You know, even a Crouch or whoever you want to say, not many players can come on and affect any game within five or six minutes any player at any level. So he, he needs more time. Now, I saw a couple of comments, you know, do we swap out Gale and bring in Low and start Low the next game? And I know you would be against that, I think, from our conversation earlier on. Um, feel free to correct me, but I, I don't think you maybe think he's ready. Mm, I, I'd be more inclined to start, I think, both him and Tezgal in their latest games. Um, obviously, it is his only game, but Tesco's recent, most recent performance showed me a lot more that he was ready for championship football than he had been previously, which says to me that he's a very quick and very good learner and developer. I wouldn't be adverse to it, actually. No. Oh, we, it, we've turned you, but it can't be any worse than than Gale. And I don't, and I'm not saying that Gale's a disaster. He's not a disaster. That, that that'd be too harsh, but. Um, why why not give him a chance? Because if he's no good after 45, 60 minutes, you can always bring him off. You know, he's, he, in that position, they are not going to lose as the game. What will lose as the game is a, is a weak midfield and a weak defence, or a bit of bad luck like we had today. Um, a striker is going to lose as the game. So give him a chance and just see what he can do. He Let's... seemed to be, I mean, he's not, he's not massively tall, but he seemed to be a focal points for the attack didn't he when he was on in that short time yeah somebody we could actually hit the ball up to and he would sort of battle away and sort of even if he just battles away it makes it awkward for the defenders that's that's half a job do you know what I mean? it's, it's it's more than so than we're getting at the minute no offense to actually gale yeah, so Johnny, obviously our friend from Canada, is in the SCFC uh, Southern Supporters Group, uh, if anyone wants to try and join that. But uh, yeah, he sent over some audio uh, around his thoughts in reference to, uh, to be honest, Gale, Pearson, Axel, um, just kind of the whole game as itself. So let's have a quick listen to what he had to say before we move on to the Man of the Match poll. You know, since Neil's taken over the reins, I, I feel like he's done a decent job. I mean, all things considering O'Neill did create a clean slate for us reasonably well and and had uh, neil come in at a good time and to develop and and get the squad he wants to come in and it's not going to happen overnight obviously so i think he's done well up until then um you know and i i'll make a point to what uh what what some of the people said and forgive me i forget who said this but you know the the niggling injuries we've had and we haven't really had a consistent lineup week in week out and that's that's troublesome when you have to rely on the likes of and no discredit to thompson he's a great defensive minded midfielder uh he just doesn't have that ambition for me personally uh to 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 attack and have that flair about him to make a pass or to make a difference in the game um but uh yeah overall i thought it's just so frustrating to lose like a team to blackpool i mean no discredit the keeper did make a good save off the deflection from tyrese and wilmot really at any given day should have lifted it up for me but the goalie was in the right place and and never mind the possession we had of the game and it's just really disappointing to see you know because we just don't have that consistency in the lineup and on any given day you put in pearson today and you know take thompson out of the lineup even if you wanted to maybe keep small bone in and get you know selena wasn't dealing with his tonsillitis get him in and shift uh and shift uh, not laurent but uh, take sterling off and and you know come with the back 
back end of that, but as much as I like Gale and he's a true professional and he's a quality striker that no given in his day could score goals. He's only 32. I, I got to be uh, a little nice here, but Jesus just hasn't been working out for him. You know, I mean, he's off the ball. He's done some awesome things, but you would love to see him get going. So today I just felt he wasn't, he wasn't a Gale, uh, you know, that, that we've seen that he can play to his potential. I, I really would have. I think Neil got this one wrong for me. I probably would have put low on in the, you know, even even at halftime or even give it a bit, maybe maybe put him in on the 60 minute, um, certainly to give him a run. And, you know, even when he got on for those few little minutes, you could see the flashes there, you know, touch on the ball, moving off the ball. He's, he's you know, he was he was finding himself in, in good spots and getting into the game early. Johnny, thank you very much. So, uh, yeah, he's right. You know, this is, there's no consistent team. Um, and if I'm honest with you, I think the reason that we haven't got a constantly fit kind of, you know, starting 11 is purely because we've not been able to sign the quality of player that probably isn't always injured. We've had to pick up everybody else's dog's home uh, kind of players, I think. So I think that probably has something to play in it. Maybe next season when we got some money, if we are still in the same division, uh, then maybe that's an opportunity to, to try and, you know, move on from people like Powell and, and whatnot. Um, and yeah, Gale is not working out at the minute. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go along with a number of people. Um, but Dan, uh, man of the match, Paul, I know this is always a contentious one after we've lost. Um, what did people go for? Um, so the joint third place was Dujon Sterling and Nathan Lowe, as happens. Um, second place was Josh Lorraine, and one one vote better off was Will Smallbone. That, Again? That, yeah. So uh, we will let this poll run a bit more. Obviously, we're recording Saturday night time. It's only been up for a couple of hours, so we'll let it run a bit more. But currently, Smallbone is one, one vote in front of Lorraine. Mm, okay, he's, he's on. Uh, he's on the march. That that could be back to back man of the match performances. Uh, so. that, that could be back to back to back man of the match. <laughs> he's already got two in a row. All right. Okay. Well, I don't know how many players have ever had three in a row. I mean, I think maybe Suter might have got some previously, if I remember rightly. But um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, any final thoughts before we move on? Uh, no. Let's park. Let's park Blackpool. Yeah, I think we depress people enough. So we move on to Swansea then. <laughs> And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, Swansea, you want some stats? Go on, please don't make them too depressing. So, 79 games against Swansea, 32 wins, 22 draws, 25 defeats. So, pretty even, but we just shade it. At Swansea, 41 trips down to South Wales, come back victorious on 10 occasions, 11 draws and 20 defeats. However, of those 10 wins, four of them have been in the last seven years. It's interesting, isn't it? So before that, we've mm-hmm. only beaten six times, so nearly half the wins have come in the last seven years. Um, we're not going uh, to have what's-his-face uh, Klukas to, to drag us out of one here, though, are we? Thank God. Well, Seven uh, seven wins in the last 11 meetings, home and away as well. Now, Stoke and Swansea have been in the same division for 12 consecutive seasons. 
which is more than double second place for Stoke. And that's so if you look at like how long we've been in the same division as all the teams, Swansea far away at the Union 12, second, they've got five years, which is a few of the clubs who've been in the championship with us ever since we got relegated. Um, August 0-0 draw at the Bet365 Stadium was the first draw between these sides in 12 matches. And it was the first league 0-0 since 1962, which is a run of 37 games. Now, you just mentioned Sam Klukas there. He has eight wins from 10 career appearances versus Swansea, losing just once and scoring three goals in the process. On the flip side of that, Morgan Fox is yet to beat Swansea in five career games. <laughs> so, and unfortunately, it looks like Morgan Fox is more out to play than Sam Lucas, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and despite three career wins against Swansea, Dwight Gale has never scored in seven games against them. Which is Dwight the Gale's most... never scored in the championship, I don't think. <laughs> well, Swansea, it's Swansea the team he has played most against without scoring. We are history history makers in this team. We've we've gone to Blackpool and lost for the first time in sixty years. <laughs> we are history makers. Dwight Gale is going to break make history in a positive way on Wednesday. Although I won't be putting any money on it. <laughs> Didn't think um, no. In the home table, so Swansea are tenth with twenty three points from fifteen games. In the away table, Stoke have slipped down to 16th now with 18 points from 16 games. Whilst the last five games, form-wise, has Stoke in 9th with 7 points and Swansea in a lowly 21st with just 4 points from their last five matches. Uh, Russell Martin is the fourth longest-serving manager, having taken charge in August 2021. So he's been in charge for 18 months Alex Neal still in 11th place in that list. Uh, what about the uh, the referee? So Andy Warmer is the ref. So he was only in charge by his Hull about <laughs> a week ago. Um, but he's back again. So in 12 championship games this season, he's given one penalty, no red card, and 46 yellows. Um, he's also refed 12 games in League 1 and League 2 this season. So he flicking between the EFL divisions. Uh, he's ref Stoke twice this season, which was a 2-2 home draw against the other Welsh team in the league, Cardiff, and a 0-0 draw at home to Hull last week. In total, it's 10 games versus Stoke, seasons with three wins, six draws, and just the one defeat. Uh, he's given us 10 yells and no reds in them 10 games as well. So he doesn't get his cards out for Stoke players. Good man. Um, away from home, we have no wins, three draws, and the one defeat. Uh, he's ref Swansea 13 times. He's given what give them one penalty and awarded two penalties against them. He's given one red card for Swansea and none against them. So, yeah, I mean, if he wants to double that total on midweek, then you know, feel free. Uh, he has refereed them twice this season, which was a 1 0 away win at Blackpool in August and a 2-2 draw away at Birmingham in November. Uh, is he a homer? Well, in his 12 championship matches this season, he's had two home wins, three away wins, and a massive seven draws. So I'm wondering, with him coming up to the championship a lot and then obviously dropping down the one league two, is he scared of upsetting anyone in the championship? Just everybody get along, share the points, and then I'll have no controversy with me, thanks. <laughs> Well, I, I I will I will take a point. Uh, I've got no qualms about that. Uh, go, yeah, we'll go down there and <laughs> and get a point, and we'll we'll bring it back, as long as we don't lose. Um, but again, it's not going to be an easy game at all. But yeah, um, I mean they're bang out of form, but you just know that Joel Perot is you know due a goal, like Blackpool would due a win, and uh, yeah. You just know, don't you? If if he needs one, when charity charity FC will come and and the war, oh yeah, you get yourself a goal, lad. What about Joe Allen uh, making his uh, you know his first appearance again? I don't, he didn't play did he earlier on the season, if I remember rightly. 
No, I, I, do you know what? Obviously, obviously left in in a in a good way. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any animosity towards him uh, at all. Nobody do if he's the bloody winner. That's why that, that's why my worry is. <laughs> well. I'm not. I'm not sh- quite sure that he is going to score a winner. If I'm honest, uh, I think last game I can't remember who it was. Now I think he they were one nil up. I think actually no, maybe, maybe it was actually the Blackpool game. Uh, he, he'd come on the pitch when they were one nil up, and then then obviously pretty much conceded straight away. I think it was. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not worried. It, Swansea are more than just Joe Allen. Yeah, of, of, of course, of course they are. Um, we just know it's sod law until he's going to come back in there. Kickstart is the second coming of him as a Swansea player uh, against Stoke of all teams. Has he not done anything so far? But you know what will happen, do you? Well, it's funny you should say second coming. Wasn't there always pictures of him in a in a, in a Jesus outfit or you know <laughs> with a halo around his head? I seem to remember. So yeah. Jack, and, Jack and Nathan James used to follow him around when he was here. <laughs> he really is. I've got Jesus in the squad. <laughs> yeah, well, he is a bit deluded, Nathan Jones, so why not? Um, we don't have to talk about him anyway. Uh, the unemployed one, as we'll call him now. Well, it's um, quite funny. I made a comment the other night about um, the fact that, you know, this, so, somewhere in this country, Nathan Jones is taking credit for the Southampton win. <laughs> it's like, I must admit, I won't even claim that one. Like, I was with my dad at the time, and he, he came out with that, and I was like, I'm going to tweet that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, did make me chuckle when I saw you put that because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, talking of managers, I mean, I mentioned Russell Martin there, didn't I? Being the fourth longest serving in the championship. Um, and it appears he's under a bit of pressure himself, mate. So maybe, I mean, obviously, it's something we might be able to take advantage of. Uh, I think the, the makes the first goal very important, I'd say. Well, yeah. How many times this season have we said if we don't, if if we don't score first, we we very rarely get anything out of it. Again, I keep forgetting the stat, but I swear it was was it seventy odd games, and we'd only won like four or five uh, from from those seventy when going behind. And again, Blackpool, it showed we don't take our chances. We go one nil down from a stupid goal, and we can't break through, and you, you end up with a, a negative result. So, yeah, we, we need a first goal. I think if we do get the first goal, then their manager, if he is under a bit of scrutiny, which, well, what, they're 11th, so, Christ, you know, it's not, it can't be that bad, surely. And Swansea exactly aren't you know, a force to be reckoned with, so I, I wouldn't say that they're, they're anywhere other than where they probably would maybe expect to be. But we score that first goal, and, yeah, the the fans... We're going to very, very quickly turn. So, as you rightly point out, we could use that to our favour. Yeah, there seems to be very weird. I mean, looking at Twitter, and I know social media can, um, can uh, I'm sure I say, uh, magnify these issues, can't it, bigger than what they actually are. But there seems to be like a weird triangle going, an anti-love triangle going on at Swansea. The board aren't spending any money. Are refusing to invest, and so the manager's fallen out with the board, but the fans are also slagging off the board. But then a few of the fans are also having to go to the manager for his tactics and, and that, and then the manager's biting back in his press conferences. So there doesn't seem to be much love for anyone anywhere, do they? Apparently, you know, say he's, he's either on the verge of quitting or being sacked. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like I say, that seems to that's kind of situation that if we can get an early goal or get a one 0 up, or even if you just take a time, as long as we get that first goal, I think like I say the the atmosphere may turn a bit there, and and that can only help us to be honest. So maybe well, we just need to. Maybe, I wonder if Sam Lucas can just give us like ten minutes <laughs> that first goal. Well, it, it never ends well when a manager starts calling out people in press conferences and slagging people off. Um, you know, we we've seen it at, at Stoke, haven't we? You know, when when that starts happening, and it was the whole Bojan thing, and the fans don't know what they're on about with Bojan. And as soon as that came out, um, all of a sudden that was it. That was almost right. You're calling out the fans. You've lost the fans. You've lost the sport. See you later. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see him walking away just for the simple fact that he'll probably want his contract paying up. So I don't think he's going to go anywhere. He'll he'll wait until he's pushed. And maybe one of the final straws is a demolition of Swansea on Tuesday. Yeah, I think he's out of contract at the end of the season, so he's not got much. No, to, not much then. Yeah, he's not got much to uh, to try and negotiate through, really. 
about three months. Um, right. Like I say, you might they might just decide that come the end of the season, like the passing of the ways, maybe. Um, but yeah, interesting. Like I say, interesting that just another sort, just something you know to put into the pot, isn't it, for the game and something we can maybe try and take advantage of. So yeah, I'm not not got. Not that we haven't got our own issues around in the uh, fans' feelings towards boards and managers and all that as well. So, well, yeah. what, what I did think was interesting. Obviously, we we've had a bit of time since the game now, and how emotions run you know, run high after games. And the, I think emotions still are running high, but there's been a considerable um, increase in the the fact that the actual a lot of the blame for the current situation. Is actually down on the players and not on the manager. You know, I think there's a lot of people who are seeing the bigger picture and saying, "Look, yes, we aren't happy right now. Yes, we'd rather him make substitutions earlier. We'd rather him play X, Y, and Z formation." But I think, by and large, people know that it's actually the people on the pitch. You know, seventy percent possession, twenty-five, twenty-six shots, whatever it was. You know, sometimes, what can the manager do in that scenario? Um, I think a lot of people are seeing that and thinking, right, let's just get through this season, have next, you know, have the summer to spend some money, um, and then we can judge him properly. The jury's out, but still, I still think he changing the manager is just going to start this merry merry go round all over again. And who says we we crash? Technically, we haven't got it right the last what four or five times. So why do we think they'll get it right again? So let's just give this guy a chance. I mean, to be honest, what what we like to said, we had twenty five shots and a lot of the possession, and so what 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 would constitute a good display? Do we need do we require thirty shots, forty shots? <laughs> yeah, Depends well, if you want a uh, you know Gale to score, then yeah, probably. <laughs> well, I mean, this that's the thing, isn't it? Dwight Gale should we should we should have put us one nil up first of all before they even scored. You know, they scored us five minutes. We could have had two goals. Brown had a shot saved. And then Gale missed an absolute sitter, didn't he? That Dwight Gale for years and years and years has has put them away. So maybe it's now to the situation where yeah, we have to accept he's maybe the, the time at Newcastle and the time out of the team and not playing. He's just not the player he was. No, no. Well, he's not, but we, I think we we all know that by now. I think his efforts there generally. So yeah, this isn't a. a slagging off of, of Dwight Gale by any stretch you know there's other players who could possibly take some of the stick uh, I've seen that Campbell's got more stick again today Dan not sure if you've seen it but uh, seeing it again um, of course he what, has <laughs> like, whatever I mean they're saying oh he's, I think one of them was um, I can't what what group it was in but you know he'd rather have Gale uh, with one leg you know, and an arm time behind his back than Tyrese Campbell who contributes nothing and I was like what so we didn't contribute the, you know, towards the two goals we had in the week against Huddersfield no of course he didn't because you didn't see that probably so it's just like ugh. yeah this is what we're talking about agendas let's not get into it we, we've been here but um, agendas but uh, yeah let, let's still on Swansea shall we yeah I mean I can understand as well like why he didn't make any changes. Like we pointed out with earlier on in this pod that on the bench, Lewis Baker um, was the only one over the age of 21, the only outfield player over 21. And his only striking option. I mean, he had three players on the bench, three of his six outfield players had never stepped foot on a pitch in a professional game. Um, the only striker was one of them. And he's a 17-year-old lad. Now, if he brings Nathan Lowe on with half an hour to go, and then all of a sudden, Nathan Lowe freezes. I mean, I think I made this point until they freezes, doesn't yeah. you know, That's it. Then that game, you know, it's very difficult then to get something from that game when you've got no focal point, no striker. Your striker's out of the game. So it's not as if you can then, like, say, go and bring anyone else on. So I think that there are reasons at the minute. I'm sure I'm sure we'd love to have had a, you know, an experienced professional striker sat on the bench who can come on. And I know... I've seen criticism as well, like always the worst transfer window we've had in X amount of time. I mean, there's been some bloody good, um, <laughs> some some good uh, competition for that title. But I don't know. I mean, he brought Twanzebe in and brought Pearson in. Uh, Hoover's probably not great on Harry Clark. So he got rid of the players he didn't want and the youngsters and that. He brought, he brought in more experienced players, which is what he wanted. 
And then people slagging him off, well, we didn't get a striker. But the same people slagging him off for not bringing a striker in, in January are the ones who, why isn't Tesco getting more minutes? Well, you can't vote for them things. Yeah. Because I'm guaranteeing you now, if he'd brought a striker in, in January, Tesco wouldn't even be on the bench most weeks, would he? So oh, no, he said that himself. He said yeah. the exact thing himself. So, so he's decided not to bring a striker in because he wants to try and promote and integrate this young, talented, promising player into his first team squad, uh, hopefully getting him ready for more starts probably next season. So, But like I say, you can't have your cake and eat it. If he brings another striker, and then he, then your youngster that you're also clambering for game time, he ain't going to get that. So which one do you want? You have to pick one or the other, unfortunately. Yeah. And and, and speaking of, uh, of, of, of players, Dan, I mean, uh, what what kind of team are you going for? I think this is a this is an interesting one. I mean, we've talked about Gale. I mean, does does Gale stay in your team, or do you? I mean, I've I've brought him out and I've I've swapped him mm. with Nathan Lowe. You know what? I, I, that that's it's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna give him. I thought he had a really promising cameo the other day, and he really showed he was up for it, and he's a very intelligent footballer. Um, he showed it in that in that spell there in that five six minutes he had. So yeah, I'm gonna. You can lead the line. We will have Campbell and Brown, still in the same formation. Um, Sterling, uh, Sterling, Fox fullbacks. Probably the back line just keeps itself as it is. If uh, Ben Pearson's fit, he's coming into mid midfield. Um, I'd be tempted to bring Lewis Baker in as well. Um, okay, instead of who? Instead of Smallbone. Oh, wow. I think okay. he's caught, not that I don't think he's not doing very well. I think he's playing well, but he's covered a lot of ground and he's done a lot of work in these past few weeks. And I think we are going to let Swansea have a lot of the ball. And I think we're going to need to like you know, be strong in that midfield area, aren't we? Um and I was, so I think Baker, he's he's had three games out now. This is so you know this is the kind of time when we need to be just changing it up a little bit, and just you know the the one area that we can bring a player in seems to be centre midfield. Um, would you mean and maybe even would bring Hoover in at right back as well, just to give Sterling a break? Because I think where like I say where these little opportunities that we have got these little players where we can freshen it up a bit, we need to take advantage of that because there isn't many areas that we've got where we you know, we have to keep playing the same team week you know, every three days, the same side going out in a lot of positions. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, if we can just bring, give Hoover, give Sterling a rest, um, by all means, I think I'd probably bring Sterling back another weekend unless Hoover has an absolute world of game. Uh, Pearson in for Thompson. And I'd say Baker in for me for small bone. Like I say, I think he just toughens that midfield up a little bit more. Um, and I think because we are going to be, let's be honest, Swansea always, you know, 65, 70% possession, aren't they, every game? So it is going to be um, a case of us sitting, sitting back and just absorbing and just keeping a, a, a tight structure and then looking to get forward and that. And I think. Baker's the the right man for that job, or at least it's a game where we can do without Smallbone. I think. Okay. Well, mine's pretty similar. I've, I've gone for I've bought the goalkeeper's picture itself. Uh, so I've got Sterling and Fox at fullbacks. Like you have uh, Wilmot and Axel, um, if if he's fit. Uh, Loren, Pearson, and Smallbone. And I, you know, keep Smallbone in. I didn't think I'd say that a few uh, well a few weeks ago, but I don't don't think it deserves to be dropped. Um, and then I've gone for pretty much the same strat four, like I said. So I'd have uh, Brown and Campbell either side of uh, of Nathan Lowe. Uh, give Lowe a good 50, 60 minutes, like I said earlier on, um, and then we'll go from there. If he's not performing. Or you know he's he's literally he's shrinking in the game and he's really getting marked out. Then uh, we can we can switch it and bring Gale in. Let's let's put it, we don't have any other choice. Our bench is as weak as it's probably ever been since we got relegated. So um, yeah, it's it's my team and I mean score prediction wise, oh not the foggiest. I mean we all went for wins, didn't we? Graham went for a win. You went went for a win. 
Um, so did I. Even, I think Tom I the Blackpool, even Tom the Blackpool fan went for a win. Yeah, Just exactly. Um, so, jeez. Oh, you know what? I wish I could be more hopeful. I'm going to go 2-1 Swansea. Silence. That says everything. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I'm, I am going to go with... I'm going to say that we do get that first goal. And like so many games, that first goal means we then hold on. Uh, there are the four games, the other four away games we've had this season where we've got the first goal and we go and win them to nil. Make that five and five nil. One nil. No, five games. <laughs> I was going to say, there's been confident and then there's been five nil confident. Jesus. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, one nil. We're going to get our first goal and then we'll. we'll uh, They'll keep the ball, they'll pass it around, and we'll hold tight. Um, maybe even, uh, I think I think we'll start with low. It could be that after an hour or so, we take him off and stick another defender on. Twanzeeva may come off the bench um, just to uh, give us an extra defender because we're 1-0 up. Switch to the uh, five at the back, and away we go. So... Let's just let's just let's just check the loanee situation. So we've got we've got Saw Kitchen goal, haven't we? We've got right back, whether that be Hoover or Sterling, Pearson. You've got Smallbone in your team. Um, Twanzebe. So there's your five. Yeah. So uh, who did you have at right back? I had Sterling at right back. So no no Hoover for you on the bench. No, 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 Hoover. He's gone back in the closet, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've got no Selena and no Hoover in your side, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I still think if, if Selena's had tonsillitis, then he's... Um, uh, no, I, I don't think he will. Like you said, we've got enough cover in the middle. It'd be nice to have a bit more of an attacking you know, potential coming off the bench, but um, I don't see him being raced. I mean, let's just wait not till the, the weekend. It's not the game for it. Mind you, I suppose it no. is his former club. But yeah, I think the way they set up and the way we're likely to, to be playing in that and um, sort of like say, sort of chasing a lot of ball and stuff, it's not really a game for him, is it? He's, he's no. the kind of player, if you're in this match, he's probably one you'd chuck on with 15 to go if you're losing 2-1 or something. Um, but for me, yeah, it's obviously we can't do that because if you, if if you're alone and you're not starting, you're not on the bench because we the rules say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the situation we're in with that one. Uh, prediction, well, like I say, I'm going one nil. Um, I'm going to say that Tyrese Campbell scores. Okay, um, I'm not going to predict who scores for Swansea um, because. Of- the the one name that comes to mind is the name that I don't want to score for Swansea. I think you can figure who that is. Uh, for us, you know what? I, I am actually going to go for Ben Wilmot. I'm going to oh, okay. go with Ben Wilmot. I think it'll be from, from a corner or a set piece, uh, which is, I think, where, where they are a bit weak, um, to be honest with you. So, Not a 40-yard thunderbolt. No, no, it will be a set piece. Um, so whether that comes first or, 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 or you know, after we're 2-0 down, I'm not sure. But, yeah, um, speaking of our predictions, though, uh, Graham, as I said, was with us. Shall we listen to what Graham had to say? Well, hello there, you Potter's predictors. Not long to go again before you get into action. This time you're off to South Wales, having come back from the seaside resort of Blackpool empty-handed. No points on the board, plenty of opportunities to score, but squandered by the Stoke City players. They've got to get their shooting boots on. They're still desperate to get some points to take them clear of the bottom three, who are closing in, and so are the other sides around them. So can they go to the South Wales against Swansea on Tuesday and get a victory against the Swansea side who've just about huffed and puffed and don't look as though they're going to make the end-of-season playoffs Not a lot riding on it, but there definitely is for Stoke City. And they've got to show some character application and they've got to be clinical in front of goal. Not going to be too many goals. I could go for a boring nil-nil draw. I will. Swansea nil, Stoke nil. So, Dan, 
Graham um, has gone for a uh, a nil nil, quite a uh, quite a boring nil uh, nil result. But um, I think he's learned his lesson from backing us to to go and win anyway. So uh, we'll we'll let you off, Graham. No problems at all on that front. Um, I don't really want to be falling anywhere further down in this pecking order because I've been top pretty much all season. And then, uh, yeah, Graham takes over and then you take over and it's getting a little bit too close for comfort. So um, I'm kind of hoping that I can retake that lead, that justifiable lead, and uh, we'll hopefully have a bit more of a, a positive result. And that's kind of where I'm going with my prediction, to be honest. If I go for a uh, a 2-1 Swansea win, if Stoke win, then it's a, it's a win-win situation, isn't it? Yes, I mean, on that prediction table, you know, he's... Uh... No changes. There's still Graham leads the way. I'm second, and you're uh, you're in third place. Yeah, there is one interesting thing, though. You know, uh, would you like to know that if we got all our predictions bang on, do you know how, how we would be getting on this season? Go on. <laughs> so uh, you would have 19 wins, 11 draws, and five defeats. <laughs> okay. So we'd have, uh, Graham would have 24 wins, nine draws, and two defeats. Why am I not surprised? He, he hardly ever predicts a loss, does he? And I would have 26 wins, 7 draws and 2 what? defeats. So, yes, uh, we wouldn't be too bad. The opposition fans, would, uh, would we would have uh, 2 wins, 15 draws and 18 defeats. They're, they're probably <laughs> the closest ones. Uh, whereas the actual record, by the way, is uh, 11 wins, 8 draws and 14 defeats. Oof. Yeah, not great. Um, so have, have we got much else to discuss? I think we've covered quite a lot, haven't we? We don't really do a quiz on a on a Monday. Um, no, no quiz tonight. I mean, I've took uh, I've took another three points out of you on Super Six, Anta. Well, you have, but uh, I've still got nine points, which I'm glad because I think I was on two points, and then we've had the the Sunday games. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm sitting on a healthy nine points, but you keep slightly chipping away at those numbers. So um, I just wish you'd go back to your old self and start forgetting to do it. Well, Luke Jones, uh, he's jumped up from third to first. Actually, he's on three three eight. Nick Green's dropped down to second on three three six, and Luke Higgins is in third on three three one. Um, so a bit of change there, a bit of a, uh, moving around in the top three. Seems to be quite a settled top three. I'm seventy eighth on two hundred five. I picked up twelve points, and like I say, you picked up nine. And uh, you've moved up to sixty uh, fifth on two four one. So actually, I don't think we had bad weeks really. Because I mean, considering two of the games were Southampton beating Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and and uh, Nottingham Forest drawing one all with not Man City, I, I think we were pretty much everyone was pretty much down to four games there, weren't they? <laughs> Can't see many. Yeah. Um, so I think we've done all right to get twelve and nine there, mate. Um, not a bad, not a bad week at all. No, and uh, we'll obviously catch up with Gaffer and stuff. I reckon uh, on the on the next pod. So just thinking yeah, now, is it that way? Midweek games are there for the Gaffer. So yeah, we'll let that one go till uh, Friday's pod. Yeah, and have we um, have we got any more mid midweek ones? Have we got another midweek pod? I think we have, haven't we? We have. We've got Brighton next week. Of course, Brighton. Yeah. Have you got your ticket for Brighton yet, or you're holding fire? I've not got it yet. Um, we're hoping to get a, a good friend of the pod on, aren't we, for the Brighton game? Oh yes, yes. Uh, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to get him on. That'd be quite interesting. Yes, we'll uh, press the button and push push on that one and get. A... Come on. <laughs> we'll have to see if he's going and getting to uh, sit in the Stoke end. I'm sure he might be watching it on TV though. Mm. Yes. Anyway, anything else you want to discuss? Uh, no, I think that's everything, mate. I mean, um, I think we started out quite flat. I think we've we've managed to to build it up, and hopefully, Stoke fans, hopefully, we've give you a little bit of of promise for the future going into this game against Swansea after what was a demoralising defeat at Blackpool. No matter how many shots we had or possession, how much ball ball possession we had, he just. The actual result just makes you feel a bit flat, doesn't it? It does, mate. Yes. But the uh, the promotion charge starts here. <laughs> Next season's promotion charge—that's what we're prepping for. We've got <laughs> we've got we've got a few games now prepping ready for next season. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, have a safe journey to South Wales, all those who are going. Uh, give us a cheer for me and Mike, who unfortunately can't be there. Um, and yes, we will reconvene and uh, you'll hear us again on Friday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.